and welcome back to the You Show Show. It is the show where you show things. I am joined again today by my good friend Adam Yo. Adam, hello and welcome back. Hello, thanks for having me again. I mean, after, well, I'm assuming that anyone here probably listened to the last one, so I can't pretend that something terrible happened. Um, yeah, it, it was great, so I'm glad to, glad to be back. Yeah, after, after the chaos that ensued yeah. in between the recording of <laughs> both of these episodes, because they definitely weren't filmed back to back. Not at all. Not at all. I was going to mention this in the last episode, and actually I forgot. So uh, it, it's been an it's been an interesting week. Two things. One, uh, I know uh, you shared something on Instagram about this, which is that uh, the artist uh, Doom, it, well, he passed away in October, but it was announced last week that that his yeah. wife came out and said that, that she died, and that that's uh, that sucks. I um, I I don't know a lot about like the rap and the rap world. And I'm just being honest. That's, that's just, I just, I just never got on that boat. That's really yeah. my only reason why. And, um, but I did know doom. I know doom and I fucking love his work. And, uh, so before we get into your album, I just wanted to kind of, I don't know, I guess mention it. Like, uh, if anyone is, is into very, very good poetic rap, check out doom. Uh, he goes under different names. So like he's most famous known for MF doom um there's his album uh mad villain and then there's my favorite which is uh i don't did you ever listen to it it's called jj doom keys to the cuff oh yeah i fucking <laughs> love that album um did you see the music video for hello governor no i've actually i don't think i've ever seen any of any of his uh any of his projects uh videos he uh yeah he has a you can find it on youtube it's, it's uh hello governor uh okay. is the music video and he it, it's hard to explain, but he films everything twice and then he splits the screen in half. So it's like one take is on the left and then another take is on the right. So it's like similar, but it's different. It's hard to explain. You got to watch. It's really good. It's worth checking out. Oh, and then cool. similar to Dan Deacon, he did a lot of work with Adult Swim as well. He did like a lot of work with like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and yes. um, made a lot of very funny music. Uh, very. He worked with Tom York. He, him and Johnny Greenwood and Tom York did a... A remix of a, a doom song called uh, "Retarded Friend," and really, uh, yeah, that's it's worth checking out. It's um, it's really good. And actually, Tom York came out recently and said that he was he was very saddened by Doom's passing and that he felt like Doom was like a major influence on the uh, the music and and obviously rap scene as well. He was a super cool dude, and it's a it's a bummer he's gone. So, so quick little tribute to 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 Doom. Uh, if you're not familiar with Doom, I highly, highly recommend checking him out. I, I would imagine you're a fan as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's uh, talk about it. And that's, you know, an artist that stayed so busy. I mean, there's so many projects, so many side projects, but all the way up until, you know, even Zarface, if you've ever listened to uh, you know, Zarface meets, what is it? Zarface meets Doomface, I, I think. Yeah, see, there's like so much to his music. See, like, I don't even know if I know what that is. Yeah, it's more recent. You know, it's like a side, I want to say it's a side project of Inspect the Deck from Wu-Tang. Um, so, you know, they. I want to say they did, they did a full album, maybe like 2018, 2019. Um, that's fantastic. I mean, he just never stopped. True, truly never stopped and it was always of a fairly dependable quality i can't comment on 
a lot of his projects. Um, but like you mentioned before, Mad Villainy is an absolute it, classic. Yeah, it's really good. And he, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk about rap, but a lot of rap is always a product of the times of whatever's happening in current culture. Um, um, but his music is, it's, it's poetry. It's, it's, it's different somehow. And yeah. I guess I don't know exactly how to put it to words, but, um, it's really, it's really well, yeah. It's world building, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good. That's a great word for it. And you're, uh, you're listening to him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and you're, you're in his world now. Yep, you're going into his brain pan, and you're not coming out until he's done with you. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so today the other half of your and I's experiment is the album "Wrong" by No Means No, um, or No Means No. <laughs> <laughs> um we still don't know but um the first question i always just like to ask everybody is like again out of the thousands upon millions of thousands of millions of albums that there are out there um i guess why did why'd you pick this one let's just start there um you know <laughs> it's a it's interesting i mean there's a million and one albums that you know that both of us probably could have picked for this but i think you know Punk being an umbrella term, um, there's a lot of preconceived notions about the genre, just like there are for every genre. But mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of bands that, while not completely ignored, get left out of the conversation a bit. Okay. Um, you know, I think there, you know, there's a lot. You you can pick the five punk bands that come to mind when you say the word, um, and no means no is not one of them. Um, but I think from a quality standpoint and a creative standpoint um they are a cut above <laughs> most of those bands that uh might spring to mind no means no the crucifix the wipers um there's a lot of bands that kind of get left in the dustbin a bit so i kind of wanted to put a little shine on them i think and it's like tr- true weirdo music which seems like you're open to <laughs> oh a million percent and yeah i i I liked this album. Um, there was, I just being on there was just this moment where for like a split second, I was kind of like, Oh no. Um, but I, yeah. I got into it and I liked it. <laughs> um, like you said with Dan Deacon, same thing that I'm going to say for this album that again, without this experiment that you and I are doing, I, I, this, this album would have never made it in my music library, but now that it's there, I, I'm glad it is. Um, the first thing that I can say that it uh, stands out and something that I like, uh, this is a band that knows how to utilize a bass guitarist. Um, I'll tell you what, right? Oh, I mean, that is like right at the forefront of the opening to this album. It's just bass and it's like a, it's a bass guitarist, but it's like a he's the lead guitarist. Uh, yeah. And that's a, it's awesome. It's it's really, 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 really well done. the rhythm section on this band is what that's the first thing that hooked me you know and digging backwards makes sense i mean they're 
they're, they're brothers, you know, the the guitarist and bassist, uh, or I mean the drummer and the bassist. So, I mean, they grew up playing together. They're both jazz-trained musicians. Okay. They grew up on Prague and the blues and the Beatles. Um, so they bring a very different sensibility to to punk, you know, like when they were a two-piece until like 1980-something, early 80s. They were two-piece until the early 80s. So when they finally got a guitarist, they already had been writing together. They already released an album together, you know, so. Okay. I like how upfront the bass is, for sure. It's not the Ramones, you know? It's it's not the Ramones. No, no, no. Quite, quite the antithesis of it. Um, these guys are, at least in this album, too, um, uh, you can t- you can tell they're having fun. That yes. was another thing I noticed right away. It just sounded like, to me, it was like three dudes in a studio drinking beers, smoking cigarettes, and just fucking having a great fucking time, and they want to share that experience with you. Um, let's, while I'm thinking about it, because I know everybody at home is wondering, and the answer is yes, they do have a song called Big Dick. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. And it is a damn good song. Big Dick! <laughs> that's quite the quite the refrain in that song i gotta say yeah it's uh so <laughs> it's it's a blend of it's a blend of of punk music well done punk music uh mixed in with moments of seriousness moments of talking about again like um truths moments of acceptance and maybe perhaps when not to accept things is the heart of punk um and Mix in with a little bit of, I would say, like childish humor, but in a good way. It's not over the top. It is not overt. Um, so a good range is definitely uh, in this album for sure. Um, how did you get? How did you get into these guys? How did you find them? How did how did they kind of enter your life? <laughs> All right, you want to hear a funny story? I Go. do. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is pretty funny. A lot of great music came to me this way. This one event. Okay. Strangely. So I, you know, in, I guess like late middle, late middle school, early high school, I worked at a 7-Eleven. Um, and there was a shift manager who will absolutely be, uh, who will absolutely remain nameless once mm-hmm. you hear the, the content here, um, <laughs> was just, you know, like a, you know, he seemed like he was 50 at the time. He was probably, you know, 24 years old, but, you know, a much older guy than I was. And he had a rad tape collection, which was already antiquated, you know, <laughs> you know. So he had this old, old punk tapes and he had an album by no means. No, not this one, but he had an album that I want to say was called one plus zero plus one equals two. Okay. And it's he would play it all the time and I just got hooked. It was like nothing I'd ever heard before. I was 
existing on a steady diet of you know radio music <laughs> and grunge, you know. Would he play uh, it at the Seven Eleven? Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's a uh, it it was an interesting workplace, but. At one point, he got fired for <laughs> he got fired for jerking off. Oh boy! In the back room during his shift, and you know when you're um, <laughs> when you're fired in a hurry like that. Yeah, I don't think you're quick to uh, gather all your things. You know, aside from the, the deep fear and the shame. Uh-huh. So, this, uh-huh. dude, this dude fucking bolted, as you can imagine. And uh, so his he left his tapes and he left his boombox and I inadvertently, um, you know, absorbed his collection. So there was a lot of stuff that didn't stick, um, but some early punk bands that I really dug. One from Chicago, incidentally, Screeching Weasel, who uh, I, I can't dig anymore because the guy's a dick. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, No Means No was the band that I had. I absolutely had to know more about. Hmm. Uh, that's that's what sent me on the road. You know, just a guy that got fired for jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> how all that's how all great stories start, right? I was I mean, just gonna say, yes, I can remember my getting fired from jerking off story from when I was a young man. No, um <laughs> that's really funny. So you got left this was it was it was, it was all like cassette tapes or CDs, vinyls, a little bit no, of everything. No, it was like shitty cassette tapes. Most of the tapes were like dubbed, you know, they were just like copied copied from CDs or however. And uh <laughs> yeah, that uh that no means no is one that made the cut. That's um, that's I, funny. I still actually have that that exact tape. I haven't played it in a long time. I do play tapes, but uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right here. That's really cool. That's yeah, pretty pretty funny. Um, so then, too, I noticed that uh, I, I don't want I, I I try not to do like a ton of research because again, it's I, it's the show's not about just talking about them. And I, again, I'd rather have things come from you. But I did notice that like they were listed as a band that started in 1979. Yeah. Are yep. they are they still going today? Are they still touring? Are they still anything like that that you know of, or are they kaputs? Well, they uh, they have officially uh, called it quits. I think in 2015 or so. Um, their last album was in 2006. Um, they're, they're Canadian. Mm-hmm. They almost never played in the U.S. Um, I managed to catch them live, um, and it was phenomenal. Where did you Where did you see them? Um, at uh, Rock and Roll Hotel in DC. Okay. And you know, small venue. It was amazing. That's I mean, really it was cool. Amazing. Yeah, they've done a lot of different. You know, they're they're a, a a fun. They don't take themselves too seriously. They're uh they're a funny band. They've they've done some interesting things live. Um, there's a there was a song that everybody was calling out for. I'll see if you can figure out the the song that that would have been. But everyone wanted to hear a song from this album. So they said, "All right, we'll play it," and uh, they did it a cappella. Okay, <laughs> which okay. was insane, absolutely insane. Uh, you'll have to tell me which one because I I have no clue. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, they they called it quits, um, and in true weirdo fashion, they <laughs> they collaborate now on a project with um, with an artist, an artist that does that works primarily um 
with robotics. Okay. So they have um, these guys now, the brothers, the Wright brothers, in no means no, are the musical directors for an all-robot rock band. <laughs> okay. Compressor Head. So I'll have to send you some info on because they're programmed, but they play. That's hilarious. Guitar, bass, and drums. So it's really wild to see, you know, three uh, mystery science theater looking robots playing music. It's <laughs> amazing. Very, very insane. So, I, uh, I, yeah, I'll have to check this out. That that sounds like right up my alley. I love like stories like that. Like I once knew a dude. I'm not kidding you. He's a producer in like film and television, and I met him once. And um, I was like, "How did you get into producing?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I went to school to be an astronaut." <laughs> and I was like, "That makes sense." And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I kind of fell into this, and I really liked it." And he's like, "Now I'm here." And I'm like, "Did you ever become an astronaut?" He's like, "Nope." <laughs> so it's kind of like no means no. It's like, "What do you like?" Like, "Oh, where'd you get your start?" Oh, we were in a punk rock band. It's like, "What do you do now?" Now I program robots to make music. You know, like, oh, that's that's funny. I'll have to check it out. So they, um, yeah, they, I I noticed too, yeah, you mentioned that they're they're Canadian and they were in the uh, Vancouver, British Columbia area and I lived there for a while. Um, I never saw these guys. I only lived there for a year. But, uh, but uh, yeah, they're good. They, um, they definitely have a, they have a kick and uh, they definitely know how to, to get to get your attention so um i i am not trained mentally enough to know the nuance and the differences of different types of punk um so i guess how like what category of uh, style of punk would you put this in you you know it's it's interesting because i i would agree and you're you're very um you're very schooled in a lot of music and i i think if uh, if there was a, a worthy tag for them, you'd probably uh, you'd probably find it uh, just as likely as I would. This is hard to categorize. Yeah. Um, you know, they have they obviously have, you know, some moments where you're like, oh, OK, that sounds like your traditional four four, you know, more stomping kind of punk. Mm-hmm. But they have like, you know, they have bits of like hardcore punk. But the the instrumentation is so complex and like it's jazz informed and it's, you know, I mean, they grew up in Canada, so, you know, they love rush (laughs) frog rock. You know, like, I think, I think that's a rule just like, uh, you know, Baltimore folks and Dan Deacon, you know, so they're, they're crabs in their old bay. Yeah. Nothing's nothing sounds like them. Nothing sounds like them. So. Cause I was kind of, I was trying to think of that as well of like, there's there's a there is a little bit of Ramones in here. There is a little bit of yeah. um 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 oh my gosh um I uh, Black Flag is what I wanted to say. There's like a little bit of that in there. Just a little unquestionably. Little, there's also a little bit of um uh. Do you ever listen to Cherry Pop and Daddies? Um no, I remember them. Um, but I only remember them as like the the one single. Yeah, it probably is. They have the song called Zoot Suit Ryan. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and that album, I can't remember the name of it. It's their first album. I think they have two, but their first album is actually really good. I think uh, anyone that might be a fan of this might be a fan of, of that as well. It is worth checking out. And, but anyway, this album reminded me of that briefly, where and, and Cherry Pop and Daddies have an origin in punk, but um, they also have an influence of ska. So they made this like 
1950s jazz, you know, ska band, and it's it's really good. And I I feel there's a little bit of that in here um, as well. So yeah, I would say too, it is it's hard to pinpoint. I can definitely say it's not it's not pop punk. Um, no. I don't know if you can you can categorize early Blink One Eighty Two as as punk. You can, um, and sure. and I but you're not going to find that here um, or other influences of pop punk. But I would say a little bit more of your underground punk you will definitely find in this album. This is a. Uh, yeah, this is like an album and this like you listen to it and like again, like you're in that bar. You're in that bar that reeks of PBR, the toilets don't work. <laughs> um this, you know, like I was saying like last episode like the empty bottle here in Chicago. Um it, that is where these dudes are playing 100% of the time. And these are dudes that like I I can I can picture in my head watching them live and it's just like a show that you just go to and you end up like rooting and howling all night long and you have a great fucking time and yes. uh, <laughs> um uh, when 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 did you see them oh man I wish I knew the exact year I mean I'm sure you know the cursory glance I could probably figure it out I want to say like it was on the tour for their final album. That was in 2006. So okay. probably 2006, 07. Um, and yeah, they were, they were phenomenal. And they're, you know, they were older, older guys, relative, relatively, you know, they were, even when, I think when they started, they were maybe in their late twenties and that was 1979, you know? So like, wow. mm-hmm. they were just like some white haired, <laughs> white haired dudes who were, uh, See, they, they got on stage and someone said, um, someone said, uh, less, you know, the, the equivalent of less talk, more rock. They were like, <laughs> they were like, stop talking, grandpa. And he's like, that's Mr. Fucking grandpa. Too. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and then they just like, just peeled our faces back for an hour and a half, you know? So it was, uh, it was great. I, um, I know that. You, we talked about this a little bit last episode as well, but like, yeah, you're, you're definitely, um, in the know of all things punk and all things, uh, metal, um, in terms of, I would say like the general themes of punk, would you say that this is a little bit, I would say it's a little bit more approachable. Would you like, like, again, or like more general audience? Yeah, I mean, I think this is, you know, it's it's funny because I think it's, there are parts of it that are very approachable, and there are parts of it that are a little more obtuse. Um, you know, I think <laughs> from, there are some catchier songs, but I think if you threw on uh, two lips, two lungs, and one tongue, if you know, know the song in question, something like that might be a little off-putting. Um, you know, not, it's not traditional song structures. It's very, uh, 
it's almost like they have disdain for the for standard uh standard rock song structure yeah which i dig um yeah that's a that's a good question though i mean it's so hard for me to think about approaching something as if i hadn't heard it before because mm-hmm. this i mean this album at this point um is probably one of my top 10 most played albums of all time okay so it feels all you know it feels like second nature it feels like muscle memory when you hit play you know probably probably similar to the way you experience bronzed um where you just know it you know like back your hands and yep yep but i mean did you find it i mean did you find it approachable i think thematically you're right though i did yeah but i can i i i can i can i can withstand obscure music i think yeah better than than your average uh person um but I, I felt like it was pretty approachable. There were there were moments I, I felt kind of like like I again like oh people that would like Cherry Pop and Daddies could probably get into this. And I feel like Cherry Pop and Daddies is like a super approachable band. And and I I I think yeah, it is. It is approachable. It's it's worth the listen. Um, um uh, one thing I, I I noticed too is when so when did this album come out? Because 1989. Okay, because it's really weird. In my iTunes, it, it's listed as 2004, but it just something. Who the hell knows? So, so this well, came out in 18. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. So this one came out in 89. Okay, see that makes a little bit more sense because I could. I was gonna say it's got a little bit more of an old school sound to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's it's got a little bit of that like 80s 90s like um, uh the intensity of the like obscurity for the sake of intensity and obscurity, uh, which was a little bit more popular back then because that was when things were breaking out of molds and it, you know, there were people coming out, you know, saying it's okay to say these things in music. It's okay to say these things in film because the, this is who people are and we want to make art and music for the general masses. But in what I mean by that is again, just, people not worrying about censorship and uh this i feel then yeah see like that makes more sense thinking about it coming again from 89 rather than 2004 because i feel like it's it's definitely a a product of its time of again saying like fuck you we're making a song called big dick you know like fuck it because we can so but um but it's not like it's not i don't know it's not um it's not a it's not a whole album about any one specific thing. Um, like I mentioned earlier, like Black Flag, like that's a band that, in my opinion, is not super approachable, and they're kind of even iffy in my opinion, because the whole like fuck the government, twelve songs back to back. It's like, dude, come on, like I get it, I know you hate George Bush, so did I. Come on, let's keep going. You know what I mean, like. And this is, it's a little bit all over the place, which makes it more fun and in- interesting and a little bit more like, okay, this song is what we're angry about, but the next song we're going to have fun and we're going to laugh. And that's yes. pretty cool. So. Lies are the hopes and the chains that have dragged me here to you. All of these hopes and these chains I will gladly share with you. It's raining, it's pouring The old man is snoring 
you know that's an interesting point and i think that like you know this feels more like a pinball game you know um and they and i think they do a really good job of you know of allowing themselves to look dumb on the surface um you know but i think it's playing dumb because i think there's some like hyper intelligent shit going on oh yeah you know not just instrumentally but even lyrically um you know, and that song Big Dick, I think, is is one that someone can throw on. You know, it can be enjoyed on multiple levels. Be like, ha ha, this song's called Big Dick. And you listen to the lyrics and you're like, is, this is a pretty feminist song. It's also like, I feel like sometimes too, there's like a, there's an artistry to creating something like this that they understand how you're going to feel while you're listening to it. And that's a form of punk. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that's, yeah, that's what they're doing here. It's like, they know what they're doing to make you think about what they're saying. And that's hilarious. And it's, you can tell they're having a blast doing it. For sure. For sure. I think, you know, I think they, and lyrically they approach this stuff a lot, but they do, you know, they address a lot of, you know, that primitive impulse in humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they do it in a witty way, um, saying like, look, we're aware of it. Um, and it's fucking ridiculous. You know, I mean, like Big Dick is always the song that I kind of, that I kind of feel like I end up defending. And I, I don't mean I'm defending it from you, but I feel like someone reads the title and they're like, oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but fucking read it, man. You know? like it's 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 pretty wild they're uh at the end of the day though they don't take themselves seriously <laughs> at all you know they have a they have a side there's a side project the same guys in the band is called the hansen brothers like uh you know the hockey movie uh slap shot uh i think so i don't you don't, you don't need to watch it <laughs> at all but they the the three brothers in that movie are the Hanson brothers. Okay. Uh, so the side project and all the songs are like, it's just it sounds like the fucking Ramones and the songs are all about hockey and it's ridiculous and it's fun. Um, That's hilarious. But, yeah, it's pretty funny. But they actually spoof a Black Flag album cover for one, so you were spot on there with that reference. That's funny. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess then too. Um, would you like would you say this is your favorite album of theirs? Um tough to say. It's um you know they they actually got pretty you know, to say this is like this is easily their most approachable and successful album. Su- success being an extremely relative term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were they were on a label called Alternative Tentacles for a long time. That's owned by uh Jello Biafra from the dead Kennedys. You probably oh, know. okay. I don't know the name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the dead Kennedys, obviously. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Put out a lot of albums by them. There was some like, um, I think, you know, one of those like record label disputes, who knows what was going on there, but they weren't able to get it until 94, like you said. So that's when, that's when they got the rights. So I'm sure that's when it was repressed and gotcha. And all, okay. All stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is their big one. Probably not my favorite. They one of their last albums was an album called One, and it's a lot slower, um, a lot moodier. 
kind of depressing. They do like a 10 minute, um, 10 minute, uh, 10 minute cover of bitches brew by miles Davis. That's like two drummers. Um, and they do like a weird jazz freak out version of a Ramon song. So I like the, I love bands with long careers, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, and I'm just endlessly fascinated by this. I'll use this as an example because you're, um, you're a big fan just like I am, but I think people really sleep on a moon shaped pool. Yeah. I, I love that album. Yeah. I think it's, absolutely brilliant um it's brilliant thank you i agree i think um it's yeah and it's really quick because that album is like it's it's stirred up a little bit of controversy amongst radiohead fans and if you listen to that album that is every sound they've ever made at the start of their career in one album yep and yeah it's beautiful yeah oh yeah really Um, is, is it a divided camp i just thought it was kind of ignored but like are there people that don't like that? That's insane to me. Yeah, no, there are. It's there's a lot of people that say it's like it's it's not memorable, and I, I can kind of understand what they mean. But I I yeah, I love that album. I um yeah, it's it's hard to talk about that one without going. I don't want to spend the whole episode on it. But yeah, no, and I but getting back to what you're saying is like to again have yeah. an album where you can hear. I love that too, where you can you can hear it's like movie directors or a painter or photographer. You can, you can, when you can see that progression is, is that's something I personally love. Um, like you said, there are some bands where it's like, yeah, we did like two albums and we were done. And then there are some bands that are like, we did, um, you know, 11 albums and you can hear if you sit down and you play the first one and go all the way to the last one, you are going to hear complete differences in tones and themes and ideas and suggestions. And um, so that's cool that you say that one of their last ones is a little bit more slower because this album has um, a slower song. It's actually, it's called End of the World, which is a oh, yeah. beautiful fitting title for everything that's going on. Uh, quick little rabbit hole. We are currently recording this album on January 7th, 2021. Uh, and yesterday there was a group of, uh, uh, como se dice, uh, insane hillbilly white rednecks. Su- white, supre- white supremacists? White supremacists, neo-Nazis that tried to take over a certain government building. So, um, so listening to End of the World uh, is quite fitting in these times. Anyway, that's a yes. It's a very uh, slow song, and it's it's very good. It's very impactful, and um, it's a it's again it's a good range of highs and lows. Of again, like it, it like I feel like some bands. I don't like. I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, there are some bands that make an album, and it's like they've got their three or four songs that you know they love and they can't wait to perform live. And then it's like, okay, we have to make, we have to make the slow song. We have to make yeah. the, 
the sad song. We have to make the funny song. And these guys are doing that, but it's not because they have to. It's because, again, this is what the fuck they want to do. Like, yeah. that's the difference. It's uh, it's inspired by them probably, like, I'm just making this up on the spot, but, like, some one night somebody was like, dude, fucking, I'm drunk, I'm Canadian, and I'm going to make a song about a tower. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a fucking great idea. Let's go make a song about a tower, and they did it, and uh, and it's 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 <laughs> it's a lot more fun. And like you were saying, with when you were talking about prompts and listening to that, it's, it's unpredictable. And you can definitely say the same exact thing about this. It is very yeah. unpredictable. And the thing you talked about, um, a couple of things worth mentioning. You talked about you know seeing um seeing a movie <clears throat> when you uh. When you hear certain things, you've always or you've had that vision for the, you know, the the, the dinosaur video, um, the tower. I've it's kind of strange. That's one that's always painted such a distinct picture for me. And how fucking prescient is it now to think about like the blinking eye of an obelisk in the background of something insane happening? Um, seeing as today is the 7th of January, 2021. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny because, so this is an album that I think I, I have this on, uh, I have this on CD and vinyl. So this version, um, on Bandcamp, the reason I love Bandcamp, uh, worth, worth exploring for you and anybody else is that, you know, anything you purchase on, you can't stream endlessly. You listen to things twice and then you have to buy it. Okay. Um, but you know, the majority of the money goes to the artist, which is cool. But interestingly, looking back at this on, so on the Bandcamp version, uh, tracks 12 through 15 did not appear on the album. They're not actually album tracks. They're like, a, uh, an okay. They're an EP, but I just love the fact that you brought up end of the world. Cause that didn't even actually appear on the album. Okay. Uh, and that kind of didn't makes- catch that with it. I think it's kind of neat. That and I'm sorry, I'm sorry because that make, that kind of makes sense because I was gonna. There is the song "All Lies" and when you when I was listening to it, I do remember distinctively listening to that song and at the end being like, "Oh, that's the end of the album." And then yeah, bam, there was four more songs. So that makes nailed sense it. now. Yeah, you nailed it. Huh. Um, so it's I'm always curious, you know, like just with any album that someone's unfamiliar with. So there's a song on here that has been requested far more than anything they've ever played it's quite easily their biggest song okay what would you guess that it is Uh, um, i i don't i don't know man i'm sorry i have no idea no it's kind of weird and i was thinking the same thing on the dan deacon i was like i you know i i'm really curious about what calvin's favorite track is um but rags and bones is their uh that's this band never had a hit. <laughs> okay, all right. But 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 that's their hit for their fans. Yeah, it is always, it's funny to always, yeah, I can see what sticks versus, again, like, what, what people generally, generally like. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's like the million old, year old conversation of music, you know, why does it hit some of us and other people? It just, 
it's noise in a tin can that can be thrown away. It's crazy, but um, yeah, I, um, I I like this album. I uh, it was fun. I it was it was fun to listen to uh, start to finish, and um, I will probably at some point check out more more of their discography. I get my music on on iTunes. It's just easiest oh, cool. for me. Um, and I did notice briefly that they had some other albums uh, in their iTunes libraries. So someday where it's just like. You get that itch to just listen to something new. I, uh, yeah, I'll definitely check them out. I, um, I, I, I really like them. They seem fun. They're Canadian, so I like them for that. Um, there you go. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I like them. I, uh, I like them a lot. There's, um, would you say then too? Like, what are then some? Like you mentioned some other albums, but um, what are some other albums of theirs that like stand out to you? Um, I mean, for me, I, you know, I have a, I have a bunch of, uh, a bunch of favorites from them, but there's a dance of the headless bourgeoisie. Okay. Really, really good. Okay. It's a funny um, title. I can't remember. I, I want to say that was after, yeah, that was later than that. I think that was the nineties. Um, another one by them that I love is the worldhood of the world as such. <laughs> Who knows what that means? Um, but that has um, a couple. <laughs> they just love to do it. I don't know why, but they have, there's an acapella song where, you know, you, there's this, the singer and then the two other members are doing the instrumentation that they would typically be playing, but with their mouths. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, cool. uh, that's awesome. Pre- pretty wild. Um, and then again, for me, maybe my favorite is one, which is probably their least liked and most critically ignored or panned album just because it's slower but i just think it's endlessly fascinating as part of a career arc you know i love that stuff that's cool um i would say then always two there's always like again the question of like uh if anyone that's not familiar with no means no if you if you happen to be into bands like X, Y, and Z, you may like No Means No. Like, what would you say in terms of of Oof, other shit. relatable bands? I mean, uh, I know. I, yeah. I, well, and the thing too is like, because I, I I don't want to be like the oh, also check out this band that you've maybe never heard. Because mm-hmm. um, like a lot, you know, a lot of these bands never necessarily got their due. Um, but I'd say, you know, there's like a lot of like noisier stuff like um, Firehose or Big Black, um, the Minutemen. Uh, I think even like you said, Black Flag, I think the the latter day Black Flag stuff, like from my war and on when they got really kind of weird and long winded um, and less overtly political and basic Um but I would also say, you know, check out Alternative Tentacles. Um, there's just some weirdo stuff on there. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> some really, really. It's all the, you know, it's it's the the Isle of Misfit toys. You know, the stuff that doesn't fit on the shelf next to the Sex Pistols and yep. the Ramones. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's an oddball choice, but I uh, I love this album. I, the other thing about it that. I, you know, I think it's fun. It doesn't, it doesn't have any challenging emotional resonance for me. So, you know, I don't, I don't put it on and fear like, oh shit, I'm really going to drag myself deeper into this burgeoning depression yeah. or yes. I'm really anxious. You know, it's none of that. It's just kind of, 
It's just chill. No, you I know, agree. It's, it's it's a fun mood. Mm-hmm. I agree a million percent. It's again, I think listening to this, the only reason I think anyone would stop it is just it's just simply straight up not their taste. But I think that anyone that would be in this realm of listening again will have fun listening to this album. Um, it's got yeah, it's got like sounds of of kind of old and new. Um, obviously it came out in 89. So by that, I mean, again, like, again, like there is like jazz influence in this, um, mixed in with a little bit of angry punk. So you'll get a little bit of everything in there. And, and I like that. Um, I love, I love the Ramones who the fuck doesn't. Oh my God. Yeah. But when I play a Ramones album after like, six songs i'm like dude i okay like i gotta gotta take a break you know what i mean like i i gotta take a break it's uh sure it's it's the same effect of when i watch it's always Sunny in philadelphia i love that show it's hilarious but after like three episodes i'm like okay i i'll watch three more episodes in a week from now because there's only so much of this anger i can take um but yeah Yeah, that's a that's a (laughs) that's a funny example because uh i'm the same way with always sunny it's like you're eating the richest, the richest dessert. And you're mm-hmm. like, this is the fucking greatest thing ever. But I got to stop soon before I throw up. Before I throw <laughs> up. And, yeah. Like my, the pants of my button pops off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a, I, this is a rabbit hole, but I had a friend in college, Kenton. I love Kenton to death. He's a great friend of mine. We still talk today, but he always, everything had to be a fucking drinking game. I, I, I still to this day, I don't know why. I mean, the why is because we were in college and we could. You know, that's the why. But, like, why? I, anyway, so everything was always a drinking game. And he had this one where he was like, um, you know, take a drink of your beer every time they say something insulting. And we were like, dude, get fucked, Kenton. Like, we're just going to be just drinking the whole show, dude. Like, come on, man. It was funny. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, the album is uh, wrong from no means no. I, um... Awesome fucking kick-ass Canadian punk band that doesn't take themselves too seriously. I think that's a good generalized statement. Um, For sure, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's um, if there's any other like questions, comments, or concerns on the band. Anything else that you can think of? Um, no, nothing really. But I'll tell you, you said it. Um, I think you led with this. But if you're a bass player. Uh, yeah, you definitely need to listen to No Means No. Yeah, they yeah, the way that they it's 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 used as the front guitar, but it's also used as a general bass guitar at moments as well. And that is that is something very interesting and worth checking out because it it ebbs and flows really 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 well. Yeah, yeah, there's a good there's definitely like a there's a good flow to it. They don't overload you with all the the manic stuff right away. They don't, you know, big dick isn't song one you know? no exactly yeah they'll ease you into it so <laughs> um how many albums did they have in total i think i saw 11 yeah that sounds about right i, I mean I they you know they started in like 1982 so you know by the time these guys hung it up they were in their 60s that's so, crazy that's so cool yeah though. and you hear it and you're like there's no way these guys are in their 60s what the fuck but yeah, they were uh, prolific. And then they had, I want to say, three or four albums as the Hanson Brothers, um, a smattering of EPs, and then, uh, yeah, some pretty cool. Pretty cool. That is really cool. I um, Yeah, I would recommend people to check this out. I, uh, I'm glad it's now 
in my my music collection library. It'll be a uh, it'll be a fun album to come back to. And that's like um, this is another like rabbit hole that has nothing to do with anything. But I want to talk about it. That is, I I'm thankful for for doing this show. For is that like music? And I, this isn't obvious, but like you know, like music creates attachments and 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 memories and. Uh, so it's like, yeah, every time I listen to it, because I'll listen to it again, uh, you know, I, it's fun to go even back, even still to this day, like, like I'll listen to a Linkin Park album every once in a while because that was just my favorite sure. band in high school. It doesn't really mean yeah. anything to me anymore, but there's just memories that's attached to those, 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 those songs, you know, and uh, that's a big obvious from, from music, but that is uh forever this album will be the adam yo album till the end of time so yeah. <laughs> you're officially stamped on this uh well, that's, that's what i was gonna say i mean that's what i was gonna say too piggybacking on that you know <clears throat> i love that like that you showed me this obviously we haven't uh you know certainly not during a pandemic i'm not i'm not sitting on your lap right now yeah um so you should people be. know we're, we're being safe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but, you know, the the limited amount of time that we spent with each other, I, you know, I've come to hold you in high esteem. And it's really, really cool to have the album attached to you. Yeah. In that way. So, like, it just, I don't know, it creates this connective tissue that wasn't there before. It's, it's kind of neat. It's fun. And I think that... Um... Yeah, it's 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 fun, and I it's it's something that I've I've been very appreciative with the show. Is again, it's like because it's easy to always say, you know, hey, go check these things out, and oh yeah, 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 I will. And the ability to for myself to be kind of forced in a good way to sit down and listen to a No Means No album is 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 really cool to me. And uh, it's been probably my favorite part of this show is just being able to again hear new new albums, new movies, do everything. And and so uh, thank you for being a part of that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I'm honored to, honored to do it. Yeah, I'm honored to have you here. Thank you. And uh, I, um, unless there's anything else, homie. No, man, that's everything. Um, you know, it's good to have albums to listen to since we'll never see a live show ever again. Uh, <laughs> but I did no. know I did see a couple of um, live performances like on YouTube, so I'll I'll check those out as well. It's obviously never the same thing, but it's the next best thing. So. For sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna go check out the uh, the Dan Deacon videos. So this is a it's a cool back and forth. So. Yep, yeah, it's an endless endless rabbit hole of of more things to explore when you're bored in a pandemic. That should be the real title of this show: bored in a pandemic? Question mark. Well, basically, <laughs> you know, it's funny, you know, like listening to your show. I was like, <clears throat> just thinking about some of the things, um, you know, like the Flying Lotus, right? Mm-hmm. That's an album that, like, when it came out and Cosmo Grandma, like, it got a ton of coverage. It got a ton of press. And, like, I picked it up and it just got lost in the shuffle. So, like, I'm going to revisit that. I had already, uh, I had already, like, crushed Schitt's Creek in shamefully quick fashion. So I can't do that, <laughs> I can't do that again. But it, it's cool to be introduced to media that, like, I've either never heard or need to revisit. So thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thanks for being here. Adam Yo, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you for being here. And uh, for everybody at home, thanks for tuning in. We will be back next week. I actually don't know who the next guest is. That's the that's the first for the show. So uh, oh, cool. okay. your, your all guess is as good as mine is the who the hell is next. So either cool. way, uh, thank you, everybody. Stay safe. And uh, don't let the terrorists bite. <laughs> it's, right a ter- on. it's a terrible way to end the show okay bye everybody <laughs>